Welcome to Whole Brain Teaching, the podcast. Join your host, Rhonda Arl and Laura Forehand. We want to help you as teachers reach your full potential by keeping you up to date with all the latest and best Whole Brain Teaching strategies. Whole Brain Teaching is a grassroots educational reform movement founded by Coach Chris Biffle, Jay Vanderfin, and Chris Rexstad. Whole Brain Teaching's goal is to create peaceful classrooms through orderly fun. To support the podcast, please like and share with other teachers. Thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast. And now, here are Laura and Rhonda. everybody. Welcome to Whole Brain Teaching the Podcast. We're so glad that you're here. I'm Laura Forehand. I am here as always with my most wonderful friend, Rhonda. How are you doing, Rhonda? I'm doing great, Laura. It's great to be here. And those of you that don't know me, I'm Rhonda Arlt, and we are welcoming you to the podcast today. Yes. Welcome, welcome. On today's podcast, we are thrilled to have one of... um just our our greatest, newest friends. We love her to death. Um, Platinum certified instructor, Megan Russell is on our podcast today. Welcome to Holbrain Teaching the Podcast, Megan. And just to get us started, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, like where you live? Um, What is your teaching experience like these days? Awesome. Thank you so much. Well, ladies, I've got to tell you, I literally, um, when I got the message that I was invited to the podcast was jumping up and down. And so my husband, of course, was asking me like, what is going on, Megan? And I said, well, I just got to be asked on the podcast. And he said, well, what podcast? And I said, the podcast, the whole brain teaching podcast. So um, ladies, I am so, so happy to be here. Um, I have listened to every single one of these podcasts. So you guys have traveled to work with me. You've traveled home with me. You've even had some screaming kids and helped me through that. I don't know if you knew that or not. So it is just um, such an honor to be here. Um, This is my 11th year in education. Um, I have taught pre-K, first, second, and third. Um, And now I am um, fortunate enough to be um, an instructional coach in an inner city school, um, grades pre-K through fifth. And so I've been able to use a lot of the whole brain teaching strategies that I've learned um, in a coaching setting, which has been such an incredible um, experience so far. Well, that's awesome. So let's get some background information. How did you find whole brain teaching when you first started with it? And how long did you use it? Awesome. That's a great question. So um, I think everybody kind of um, looks at COVID as life before COVID and life after COVID. Um, So I'm going to take it back just a little bit. Um, I'll take it back to 2019. Um, I always said that because I'm a teacher and because my husband is a high school PE teacher, that I would never, ever, ever have a baby in August. Well, I actually had my daughter Savannah on July 27th. So (laughs) tell God your plans and watch him laugh because that is exactly what happened. And so anyway, um, just to give a little bit of background with her, um, she was, it was a very, very difficult pregnancy. Um, I had two super high risk pregnancies at the university of Virginia. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I kind of thought once she came along that all, you know, all the problems were going to be over. Um, but, but, you know, God just had other plans for her and, and for my husband as well. Um, she, 
um, had hip dysplasia, which is not a huge major deal. But when you're trying to go back into the classroom um, with a classroom full of beloved rascals and you have to take off pretty frequently, that's very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, she was also hospitalized um, for pneumonia and we couldn't figure out why her breathing was so labored. So long story short, she had a very rare birth defect. And so literally a week before COVID hit, she had surgery at UVA to repair that cleft. And so in addition to all of kind of those things that were happening personally in my life, I had taken the full 12 weeks to be with her because I knew she would be my last baby. And so I had a class just full of beloved rascals. And, you know, I know that there's going to be a listener out there that can identify with the statement. I was so ready to leave teaching at that point. I felt like, you know, I had, I was trying to take care of this really sick baby. I had a class full of beloved rascals. I just did not know if I could still do it. You know, my mom and my dad are the real MVPs because every morning on the way to work and on the way home, I'd be crying. And I'd say, I just, I know that God has called me to do this, but I just, I just can't do it anymore. Um, And so anyways, um, when school shut down, that was a week after Savannah had had her surgery. And that was such a blessing for me um, because I did still have to teach those beloved rascals, but obviously not as often with virtual. Um, And so anyway, when we went back to school, that's when I kind of discovered whole brain teaching. I was actually virtual first grade. um, And one of my coworkers, she actually used the rules with her students virtually. And I thought, man, that is really cool. And so at the time, the district that I was in, what they did is it was all kind of based on numbers, which teacher in the virtual academy were going to go back. And so we were all kind of on pins and needles after that first six weeks. And so I was the lucky one. Um, I got the call that I was going to go back in person second grade after the first quarter. So, you know, two different platforms, two different grades all in the same year. You know, many of us had that experience with COVID. And so my approach in going back into the classroom is the way that it was um, in Virginia, I'm from central Virginia, was you could only have 12 kids in your classroom because of the social distancing. And so I kind of started really digging into um, wholebrainteaching.com, the YouTube channel. And my thought process was never again in my career am I only going to have 12 students in my class. So I'm going to go big or I'm going to go home. If I'm going to change the way that I do instructional delivery, if I'm going to change how I engage students, if I'm going to change character education, if I'm going to change rules, I would much rather fall flat on my face in front of 12 kids and Mm -hmm. instead of 20 kids. And so my theme song for that year was journey. Don't stop believing, you know, essentially don't stop (laughs) believing. Cause I was like, I just, I'm going to do this and I'm going to, I'm going to be all in. So you weren't at it for very long. No, I wasn't. So in fact, when I went back into the classroom in 2020 um, and I started, it was um, right around election day. It was in November. Um, by the end of that month, I was already um, going for a bronze certification. And then I, I think I want to say sometime in January, I was silver. And then I had a conversation um, early February with Nancy about gold. So that um, the certification process for me was a whole lot quicker than most. And so I don't want anybody that's any of the listeners, I don't want that to discourage you. Um, if any anything I want it to encourage you because if you are like me and you're kind of an all in or an all out, if you find whole brain teaching and you think to yourself, wow, this is a lot. I don't know if I can do it all. Try. You may just surprise yourself. Just like we set the bar really, really high for our students. We can also set the bar um, really, really high for ourselves. And with the support that we have in the whole brain teaching community, you absolutely positively can, if it's something that you really are fully dedicated to and something that you really want to pursue. Yeah. And the nice thing about certification is, you know, you can, you can go as fast or as slow as you want. 
that's the beauty of it. I mean, there are some teachers who have taken literally two or three years off between, you know, bronze and silver and that's okay. Like you don't have to reapply. You just jump back in where you left off. So I think that's the beauty of the certification program. That's a good point, Laura. Yeah. So and, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Where are you going oh, to say? I was just going to say, I mean, the certification really and truly changed, you know, changed everything about teaching for me because I really, truly think had I not really found something and really pursued it, you know, and really and truly just kind of knowing the, the background of my personal life at the time and everything COVID, you know, I think we as teachers always say like, you know, we're doing it for our kids. We're doing it for our kids. And of course we do. Mm-hmm. We would never come back every single day, but at the end of the day, I needed a win and mm-hmm. whole brain teaching me and I hope for a listener out there is just going to be a win for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really good point. So what has been the most common teaching problem for you in your classroom setting? You said you had, you know, a classroom full of beloved rascals, but when you say that, like what do you mean? So what was like would you say was your main classroom behavior problem or teaching problem? Well, thank you so much. I'm going to give you four of them. <laughs> I'm going to okay. give you kind of four um, big problems, because I think probably for the two of you, because you have used whole brain teaching for so long, like, and I'm going to pose a question to you guys first. So be ready. Um, And I'll start with you, Laura. You know, when you think about your pre whole brain teaching days, what was an issue that you thought, man, this is an issue, but it's not going to get any better. So an issue with me or an issue with a student, just the students, just anything with teaching with a student. Well, Prior to me finding whole brain teaching, I mean, my thing was just kids, especially boys at this particular time, just feeding off of one another. So it was just like, even if you would get on to, you know, one of those beloved rascals, it was almost like you had a gang of them in your classroom. And so, you know, it didn't matter if you got onto one, there were still three other ones that were, you know, ready to take his place kind of thing. So, and I just really thought like, this is just the dynamic of a classroom. You just got kids that kind of almost, you know, have these little cliques or little gangs <laughs> and they kind of Absolutely. gang up on the teacher. So, and then you think too, like, okay, here, here they are. And I know that I'm working all these hours and I know I'm doing all these things. And then you have somebody like a specialist of some kind come in and say, oh, I want, you know, your students to work together. And then after they would leave the room, you would just kind of chuckle and say, that's not possible. Right. Exactly. Well, they couldn't, I mean, <laughs> if they worked together, it was just going to be mass chaos. You know, um, they didn't know how to work together and yeah, it, it was just, I don't know. I don't, I don't think too often about those days prior to whole brain teaching because they're, they're a little triggering really. <laughs> Just not, not only, not only the students, but really me too, you know, cause I was, I was more of a yeller. I was more of a, you know, just sit down and do what I say kind of teacher, which is, you know, makes me a little bit sad to think about me being that way as a teacher, but it, it is, it's the truth of what it was before whole brain teaching. And I mean, the thing is, too, you didn't have clear, you know, you didn't have clear tools. I think sometimes in education, we talk so broadly, kind of like you said, you know, oh, yeah, they expect my kids to work together, but they can't. Right. But now that you have whole brain teaching, you know that there is, you know, something on the other side. Um, What about you, Rhonda? Well, I think prior to finding whole brain teaching, I was just struggling because I had gone to my administrator and said, I don't know if I can keep up with this career. And it was just the constant talking you know, there's lack of engagement and things like that. And I just 
all they wanted to do was talk. I mean, it was, I felt pointless to be up there teaching because they weren't interested. They weren't listening. All they wanted to do was chit chat. So that was a big issue. That's that exactly. sent me looking and exploring. <laughs> exploring other things. Well, I'm so glad, obviously we all have found whole brain teaching. That's why we, you know, we're kind of in the sisterhood together because we have discovered it. And so I am exactly like you guys, the four really, really kind of big things. And these are kind of buzzwords in education or things that you may hear your colleagues or your administrators talk about, um, but they don't ever give you a clear way to fix them. So my four big problems with teacher talk, you know, you always would hear people talk about, you know, teacher talk and how you need to diminish it. You need to talk less, but nobody ever told you how. That's the first, I think, big, huge problem just in teaching in general, especially if you don't have whole brain um, teaching in your um, in your arsenal, so to speak. Um, the second one is the whole idea of collaborative learning. I think that's kind of the second um, big problem that I have, much like um, I was talking about with Laura just a second ago, you know, the kids couldn't stop talking and, you know, I couldn't ever figure out how to capitalize on that. And so there's all these things out there that say, oh, have your kids collaborate, have your kids work together. But I had no idea how I had no idea what that was supposed to look like. Um, another huge word um, in education, it's a buzzword, and you may hear it in, you know, post observations is engagement. You always hear people talk about you want to engage your students, but nobody ever stops and says, hey, here's a list of things to do to engage your students. And then really another one is just the whole idea of um, manners and the whole idea of kindness. And so I think those are really four huge problems. I think if you talked to teachers, whether that be people who use whole brain teachers or just regular teachers who don't, I think that they, we could all probably agree that those are um, the, you know, really four of the biggest teaching problems. And so what I'm going to do is kind of connect those four um, big problems to one strategy we have in whole brain teaching. And so um, the magic circle is a strategy used in whole brain teaching um, that really, I feel like gives us a systematic approach to how do we address all of those things. And so with the magic circle, that is just a way that we um, do our instruction each day. That's kind of the way that we do instructional delivery. And so I know that there is a podcast on that. So I'm going to kind of briefly talk about the magic circle and the steps in there, but definitely go back and refer to that and um, refer to the website, www.wholebrainteaching.com. And so really the first step of the magic circle, um, formerly known as WBT basics is the whole idea of class. Yes. That is our attention getter, how we get our students student's attention. So the teacher always says class and the class responds with yes. Um, there's going to be many times as teachers that we need to get our students' attention. That may be for instructional purposes. That may be for directions. And so that um, part of the magic circle is super important and you will use it um, so many times a day. Um, I think the micro steps for that are also huge. You want your students to stop what they're doing to look at the teacher and um, glue their hands together. Once you have those three micro steps in place, that's gonna make that class yes even stronger. Um, the second step of that really does um, address the manners and the kindness um, kind of big umbrella of problems that teachers have with manners. And so every time you say thank you to your class, you cross your hands over your heart, you make a connection by making eye contact with them, and then they are gonna cross their hands over their heart as well and say you're welcome. And they will also give you eye contact, which really is a very kind thing to do. Um, 
mirror words is going to be our next part, our brain engager. So that is really um, the part of whole brain teaching that um, is a systematic, explicit approach to engagement. Um, that mirror words is a very small chunk of instruction instruction that is repeated two times. Um, the engagement really comes in because whatever you are doing with your hands or your body or your voice, your students are mimicking you. So no longer can they play the game of appearing as though they're listening. It's really easy as a teacher to kind of look out and see if they're listening or not. And then um, that teach okay is where that um, collaborative learning really um, comes in to play with that magic circle. So we know that whole brain teaching has so many tools in that toolbox. What is your absolute favorite strategy to use overall? I, classroom? Yeah, I really think that that magic circle, as complex as it is, I think that it is the one going back to those four big problems that solves those problems. Um, I'll start with the first one, teacher talk. You know, we always talk about teachers need to talk less. Um, Coach B always says, the more teachers talk, the more students we're going to lose. But nobody really tells you how to do that. How do you as a teacher who have you have all this stuff that you need to convey to your students. How do you talk less? And so using this um, magic circle really does lessen that. We always talk about how clear systematic phonics instructions moves children forward or students forward. And I really do think that that could also be applied to teacher talk, to collaborative learning and engagement. If we have a very clear set um, of steps to follow, then I think we're going to be much, much more successful. Um, and I do really think that the whole idea of engagement, when we are talking about that brain engager, those mere words, that that's huge, you know. I think the thing that scares a lot of people with the magic circle and with whole brain teaching is the fact that it just looks and it sounds so different than the traditional classroom. Of course, in whole brain teaching, when we talk about traditional classrooms and traditional learnings, we kind of, you know, pretend like we're putting our head um, on the pillow. Um, and I think that when I found whole brain teaching and I really discovered the power of the magic circle, I really took a big step back and I thought, you know, why is everybody so afraid of this? And I think it's because when you look at a picture of students in a classroom today in, in 2022, and then you rewind and you look at a picture from 50 years ago, really it's scary, but the pictures are not going to look that much different. You know, obviously the styles and the technology and the buildings may have changed a little bit, but I think that whole brain teaching really does make the classroom look and sound and feel very different. But I think that that is such a positive thing. Um, when we look at all other fields, like the medical field, in particular, you see how they have really changed and evolved to really respond to what's happening. And so I really look at the magic circle and so many whole brain teaching strategies as um, really responding and really looking at what we have and changing it um, to really meet the needs of our students and have a huge impact on them. I think that's a really good point. And anytime I had anyone come in to observe just to look at whole brain teaching, I mean, they were always amazed with that engagement of that magic circle. Now I'm curious, I have a question. Since your role has changed from you were a teacher, now you're, you're helping teachers, you're instructing teachers. Are you able to um, show them whole brain teaching strategies or show them maybe things with whole brain teaching that would help them? Are you able to do that? 
Yes, absolutely. So I have actually had the opportunity to model a lesson in almost every single grade in my building. And so before I go and I model a lesson, I kind of have like the, um, the spill of, you know, I am modeling this lesson for you because often teachers, you know, I think coaching done correctly is when you partner with a teacher and they make your goals and you just stand alongside them for their success. Because me as a coach, it's not my job to tell you what your goal is. I've got to work with you. We've got to figure out what it is that you want to do to move forward. And so oftentimes once teacher have teachers have really looked at their reality and identified their goal, then kind of the next step, I think in a solid coaching program is to improve. And so that improvement is really kind of where I come in. Um, that improvement is where I can kind of um, give them different, um, you know, research that may support what they want to do. Um, I can maybe give them a, a, a book or an article that would help their understanding. But oftentimes teachers just kind of want to see it. Um, you know, for example, I have a pre-K teacher right now and she really wanted to get better at the whole idea of gradual release. The first thing she had to do is really just identify her reality and decide that's what I want to do. Um, and so anyway, I'm actually tomorrow on Monday going to go and I'm going to model a lesson for her on just um, number formation for her little pre-K students. And so anytime I go to model, I say, hey, I'm going to have to take like an extra several minutes to kind of teach kids um, the magic circle. You know, it's it's kind of muddy, obviously, because it's quicker. But I am at the point where in terms of instructional delivery and if I'm going to model something for my teachers, I can't do it without the magic circle. I think you, that anybody who has been a whole brain teacher can realize like, oh my goodness, like I cannot teach without teaching. And so that I always tell teachers like, hey, give me an extra 10 or 15 minutes, depending on the grade level, just simply because I cannot, I feel like do a solid model lesson, no matter what it is their goal is without using that magic circle. So for me, the magic circle is the most difficult. It was the most difficult for me as a classroom teacher. Um, but as a coach, when I go in to model in various grades, there's no way I can model without it because this model not only is going to um, connect with whatever the teacher's goal is, it actually shows teachers, it showcases the amazing things that coach has given us in this magic circle. You know, it shows teachers there really is a clear, explicit, systematic way to lessen your teacher talk. There's a clear way to have kids engage in collaborative learning. There's a clear way to promote engagement and manners in your classroom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I love that you mentioned that there are previous podcasts and there are podcasts on microstepping, all of that. And that was a, that's another thing. And Rhonda and I have said this as well as several guests, you know, you have to like Andrea Schindler says you have to go slow to go fast. So definitely take your time with each one of those steps of the magic circle, because I agree with you, Megan, it is like, it is classroom transformative, but it's, it's teacher transformative. I mean, it really does change the way you teach and for the better, absolutely for the better. Um, and there are a lot of components to whole brain teaching. Um, what are some tips you would give someone who is just starting out? So let's, I know you mentioned the magic, magic circle. Um, is that a tip that you would give people that are just starting out and what's the best way to successfully, in your opinion, implement whatever strategy you think they, they should start with? 
Awesome. Thank you for that question. I think really the first place to start if you are brand, brand new to whole brain teaching, I definitely think is the whole idea of the rules. Learn those rules, learn those gestures and add into your lesson plans, whether that be Google Slides or paper, paper pencil, three to five times a day where you are rehearsing those rules. Um, eventually you can start handing that off to your students and have them um, lead the rules. I think that is very powerful, but I think that that is a strategy that you can really get a lot of bang for your buck on mm -hmm. um, because a lot of the time we co-construct rules with our students or we tell students the rules the first day of school and then we kind of leave them alone. I think in terms of classroom management, if I'm really honest with myself and reflective, that was where I really, really struggled until I found whole brain teaching, because it was a very, again, clear, systematic way to, you know, fix the whole idea of classroom management. And so just starting with those rules, constantly being in those rules and doing rule rehearsals three to five times a day. So I'm sure there's listeners out there shaking their heads like, can't do the rules three to five times a day. Trust us. If you do those three to five times a day and you really are consistent with that, you are going to see massive growth in your students because of the clarity of your expectations when you remind them three to five times a day is going to go through the roof. Mm -hmm. um, so how about you, Laura? Do you think that that's a really good starting point? I think, I think that's really good. And as you were saying that it made me think of Friday. So we're recording this on a Sunday. So just a couple of days ago, we just kind of had a crazy day at school. Like we're, we were writing our letters to, you know, Santa and doing all the crafty kind of things for Christmas. And one of my students, cause I always have them. Um, and I got this idea from Rhonda because I do use Google slides and Rhonda told me several years ago, cause I was really struggling to get those rules in three to five times a day. I'm like, how do you do it? And she's like, put it on your slides put it in your lesson plans. And I was like, that is brilliant. So thank you, Rhonda. Even to this day, I'm using that strategy. <laughs> I'm using that strategy, but it does. It absolutely um, makes sure that you get those, those rule reviews in there three, three to five times a day. But one of my, we hadn't really, we did the rules first thing in the morning and here it was like after lunch and we hadn't done the rules since then. And I wasn't seeing behavior issues because we were all so busy and engaged in what we were doing. But one of my students goes, can we review the rules? So I don't like they, they start asking you if they can, because like what you said, we start handing that, that, rule review leadership over to those students. And so they want to be the ones to be the leaders to stand up and do that rule review with the students. The other thing I've started seeing is like when, after our drink and restroom break, they come in and they sit in front of the smart board to find out like what we're going to do next in writing or science or whatever. And a lot of times they will automatically, without me even having to tell them, partner up and start ruling, reviewing the rules with each other. So I agree with you. They are incredibly powerful. What do you think, Rhonda? Do you, I mean, how did that work in your classroom? Mm -hmm. I think that, I mean, I think Megan kind of really hit it. Classroom management is one of the struggles that teachers have in the classroom. And especially if you're a new teacher. And even if you're not, I mean, I was having classroom management struggles, you know, well into my career. And that's why I went to whole brain teaching. And, you know, I think a great place is to start with the rules. So, I mean, you need to check things out if you're listening and just trying to get involved with whole brain teaching, because there is so much. And, but like Megan said, 
it works. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll be surprised. It kind of sounds crazy at first and it sounds like a lot, but if you, if you jump right in, I think that you'll, will see positive results in your classroom. Absolutely. Megan, I, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be listeners that have questions, especially in the role that you now have. What is the best way for them to get in touch with you if they have any more questions to talk to you about? Yeah, sure. Um, the I will, before I give them all that information, I will say if you're apprehensive about those rules three to five times a day, think of it as an active brain break because mm-hmm. they are moving their bodies. They're talking to one another. So I know that the listeners out there surely um, implement some kind of brain break. So mm-hmm. just maybe start with replacing one brain break a day with a uh, rule review is just kind of another way um, to Maybe. sneak that in. Um, but yeah, yes, um, I would um, love, love, love to help you and support you in any way. Um, you can reach me at Megan Russell. Um, that's two S's and two L's at wholebrainteaching.com. Um, and I'm more than happy to help you um, in any way that I can. Um, I've taught a lot of grades, pre-K, one, two, and three. So, um, and I'm in Virginia, so our standards may not align completely. Um, but in this new role, I've had the really amazing opportunity to see some incredible teachers um, in grades pre-K through five. So I think um, hopefully knowing all that will help me help you. Right. Well, Megan, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your just wealth of information, wealth of knowledge. Um, It's just, it's been so valuable today. So thank you so much for sharing your whole brain teaching journey with us. I know it's going to help so many of our listeners Um, as they implement just pieces, you know, like you said, even if they start implementing just the rules or the magic circle, um, those pieces of whole brain teaching as they, as they do them in their classroom, even this year. So, and that's what, and let me ask you that really quickly is, is the whole brain teaching something you have to just start at the beginning of the year, or can you start at any time? No, actually, when I started whole brain teaching, I, it was actually the second quarter of, of yeah. school. So, um, yeah. I definitely think it's something that be that can be very successful no matter when you do it. Yep. And if you're kind of on the fence about something like um, the magic circle and how complex that is, you know, I encourage you to just get painter's tape and write each step mm-hmm. on painter's tape and step along with it um, because there are definitely concrete, clear ways that you can try any of these strategies. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing that. Well, thank you, Megan, for being on the podcast. Um, love your enthusiasm for whole brain teaching. Um, we appreciate your willingness to give up some of your family time to help um, our teachers and our listeners. Remember to check out the website at wholebrainteaching.com for information about whole brain teaching, some of the things that Megan has mentioned earlier. And also just a reminder to check out um, our whole brain teaching official store that has some free resources on teachers pay teachers. Once again, thank you, Megan. And thank you to our listeners for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share this with all your teacher friends and even with your administrators or instructional coaches such as Megan today. So we are extremely grateful for each and every one of you. And so until next time, bye. Bye.